Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. President Joe Biden fielded questions from Anderson Cooper and mostly Democratic audience members during last night's CNN Town Hall. So what did we learn other than the fact that Joe Biden isn't very good at fielding questions? Well, I'll have some analysis for you in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line, I'm Buck Sexton. Joe Biden is President of the United States. Let that sink in for a moment if you haven't already. It's pretty remarkable. This intensely mediocre politician from the state of Delaware has somehow been elevated to the commander-in-chief role. Based on what exactly? Why not, I guess? He's not Trump, something along those lines. He doesn't seem scary to independent and Main Street voters in America at a time when the Democrat Party is overrun with socialists and increasingly outright commies. So kind of a head fake, a Trojan horse. We know the deal with Joe Biden, right? Well, last night you got a sense of just who this guy is because you had plenty of questions thrown his way where you would think if he were the sensible, reasonable, moderate that they pretended he was when they were trying to get enough people to vote for him, he would have answered questions in a certain way. But no, when you look at some of the key issues of the day, it was very clear that Joe Biden is every bit the Trojan horse for the left that we warned about from the start. And on the issue of vaccine mandates specifically, he's a guy who feels disdain toward those who have any hesitation, reservation, or outright objection to getting the shot. Here's Biden saying, yeah, if you're a police officer and you don't want to get the vaccine, by the way, it doesn't say any religious exemption allowed, doesn't say if you have natural immunity, that's okay. You don't want to get the shot, you should be fired, he says. As many as as one in three emergency responders in some cities like Chicago, Los Angeles, right here in Baltimore, are refusing to comply with city vaccine mandates. I'm wondering where you stand on that. Should police officers, emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. Yes and yes. Just embracing authoritarianism here. No problem with that. Uh, And if you're wondering why I would say there's disdain, of course, there's a dismissive tone there. Yeah, you're a cop for 20 years, uh, defending your community, enforcing the law, having to wrestle bad guys to the ground, hope you don't get stabbed or shot to death, hope that your husband or your wife doesn't find out that they're getting a folded flag instead of a hug from their loved ones at the end of the day, right? 
well, you don't get this shot. Remember, a shot that we already need boosters for, because that's how well it works. That's how long it works. You already need to get the boosters, they're telling you. Already down to age 40. Uh, but if you have any problem with that at all, Joe Biden wants you to know, well, it's because clearly you want people to die or something. The Here idea is. is that, uh, look, the two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on, freedom. Number one. It's also funny, isn't it? Yeah. Kill you with COVID, right? We've lived as human beings with respiratory virus season for as long as any of us have been alive. We weren't wearing masks. We weren't running around terrified. People die, tens of thousands of them every year from the flu. No one thinks you're a murderer because you don't want to go through life with stifled breath. Joe Biden, though, wants you to. When does this ever end? Think about it that way. The way they speak about this, oh, it's so absurd you have concerns about freedom. Australia has the military enforcing lockdowns of people in their homes for months on end based on a virus that is dangerous to the old and the sick. That's the reality of this, but they don't want to talk about it that way. No, we're all in this together. We're actually not, as you know, because the work-from-home elites are perfectly happy to have people who are disproportionately, I might add, black and brown, bringing them their food, making sure that the trains still run, making sure that those essential services continue. So you can sit at home on the couch ordering in your Thai food or whatever while talking about how you double mask in public. That's what the reality of Fauciism has been for a long time. But Joe Biden doesn't want to get in any of that. No, much better to pretend that they understand. They believe the science. Sure they do. Oh, and then there's the economy. I mean, there's so many areas that this was just an absolute mess last night when you're looking at what Joe Biden says versus the reality of it. But uh, Joe Biden really wants to tell everybody that, oh, no, wages are going up right now. Don't worry. It's a good economy for workers. So what you see is wages are actually up for those who are working, because for the first time in a long time, employees are able to bargain. You're the boss. You want me to work for you? What are you going to pay me? How are you going to do it? I'm not being facetious. I'm not being facetious. That's one of the few big words Joe Biden knows. You'll notice he says facetious all the time. He also says, no joke, no jo- not a joke. He has these phrases. It's just, it's just all mechanical for him at this point. This is a guy who's been saying the same you know, corny, canned, go- oh, gee, golly gosh, Main Street stuff for decades now because it gets him elected in a place where people, I guess, don't really care very much who the representative from the state of Delaware may be. Uh, but he's not telling you that wages are not actually keeping up with inflation. So you're making less money even if your wage is rising a little bit. Um, here you go. Market Watch headline, U.S. wages are soaring, but high inflation means that workers are not much better off, right? Because if you have inflation at 5 6 7% and your wages rise 3%, guess what? You're not better off than you were before. Oh, one of the areas where Biden is most laughable, most absurd is, of course, on the border. Uh, His border czar, you don't hear that term used anymore because it became such a political liability, Kamala Harris. She was the border czar who refused to go to the border. She would fly over it on her way to other countries. But this uh, woman from California, which is also a border state, mind you, had no no actual interest as the border czar to get down there. Then she claimed in an interview with Lester Holt not long ago uh, that she had been to the border and Lester Holt of ABC News had to say, 
no, you haven't. That's really weird. Don't lie to me. So obviously, I got to pretend like I care. Uh, but even Joe Biden, who's the president, you've got the worst numbers of illegal crossings really in history. They'll say 1986, but it's actually worse when you add it all up with the gotaways and the rest of it. Worst numbers ever. And Biden can't be bothered to actually go down there. He says maybe he'll go down or something, but he's been busy. Do you have plans to visit the southern border? Uh, I've been there before and I haven't. I mean, I know it well. I guess I should go down. But the but, but the whole point of it is I haven't had a whole hell of a lot of time to get down. I've been spending time going around looking at the $900 billion worth of damage done by uh, by hurricanes and floods and and weather and, tra- and traveling around the world. But uh, I plan on now my wife, Jill, has been down. She's been on both sides of the river. She's seen the circumstances there. She's looked into those places. You notice you're not seeing a lot of pictures of kids lying on top of one another with, uh, you know, with 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 with, blank, with uh, um, you know, uh, looks like tarps on top of them. I mean, what is Mr. Magoo muttering about here? What? What? What is it? What is he even saying? Does he know what he's? No, of course he doesn't know what he's. Does anyone know what he's saying? President of the United States, everybody, because Democrats are so serious about governance and they want things to be so much better. Oh, and that's when Jen Psaki has to step in, of course, to make it seem like things aren't absurd with this guy leading the country. Don't worry. Uh, he drove through El Paso in 2008. El Paso is technically on the border. So the White House press secretary wants you to know he's been to the border a long time ago. Why did President Biden say he has been to the border? Well, Peter, uh, as you may have seen, there's been uh, reporting that he uh, did drive through the border when he was on the campaign trail in 2008. And he is certainly familiar with the fact, and it stuck with him, with the fact that uh, in El Paso, uh, the border goes right through the center of town. Ah, yes. I wonder if Biden can see Russia from his house. Remember that? In a different context. Made so much fun of it. Biden saw the border once. 13 years ago, so he knows what's going on there now. These people are absurd. All right, coming up after the break, an update on the fight against critical race theory in America's schools as records recently obtained by Judicial Watch show a coordinated effort to advance CRT initiatives in Loudoun County, Virginia. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton will join us to give details. But I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Crypto market's hot right now. Everybody wants to get involved, right? I mean, people that feel like this is the time. Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of tokens out there. How do you get started if you've never invested in crypto before? My Digital Money is your answer, friends. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform. They will offer you trigger orders to help you secure opportunities, unbelievable security for your coins. It's great. It's so easy to use. So look, the crypto market's heating up. This could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. You deserve a team that has your back and will answer your phone call. That's what you have with MyDigitalMoney.com. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com, sign up today. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton joins us when we come back. I was very clear that we don't teach critical race theory here in the Commonwealth of Virginia, and it's a racist dog whistle, and he's got to stop it. I'm about uniting. Our children should not be used as political pawns. That was Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe just two weeks ago denying that critical race theory is taught in Virginia's public schools. Well, we can now say with relative certainty, that was a lie. Documents recently obtained by Judicial Watch 
So that not only have administrators been working to advance critical race theory in Loudoun County, they've also been active in fighting back against parents who dare to oppose the new curriculum. Here to give us some more details is the president of Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton. Tom, great to have you, man. Hey, good to be with you again, bro. So Loudoun County, Virginia has become the front line in the fight against critical race theory in American schools. What did this recent batch of emails show? Well, they provide a useful insight into what we see kind of publicly, which is to pretend what they're doing isn't critical race theory and using other terms of art to disguise what they're doing. They talk about culturally responsive teaching and having legislation being pushed and supporting it secretly, it looks like, uh, to uh, uh, mandate it across the state. So you've got Loudoun County, the top officials in the school, uh, pushing this uh, secretly, and then and then when they then when they're found out, they try to dissemble. For instance, there's a a, a program, and, and many of your viewers probably know this. If they have kids in school. You got to figure out how to follow what they're doing online, and there's usually a special program. In this case, it's called Parent View, a mobile application used to help parents monitor a kid's academic performance. So there was this plan to uh, require parents to take equity training before they were even allowed to see what their kids were up to in school. And what's the response? Oh, well, that's not true. It wasn't a plan to require it. We were just suggesting that it be done. So there's this dishonesty, this fundamental dishonesty behind uh, their, their agenda here. And these emails kind of expose it in a rather direct way. Um, and the thousands of pages of documents, and you kind of see the parents opposing this, and you see them trying to work with the media to tamp down, quote, they quote, friendly media, to tamp down the, what they call the insanity and craziness. In some of these emails, administrators attempt to draw distinctions between critical race theory and culturally responsive teaching, as you point out, Tom. Uh, Tom. Ironically, both, of course, are CRT by acronym. But, I mean, is there a distinction? Is, is this part of an effort to obscure a little bit of what really the ideological foundation uh, of this teaching, of this very left-wing indoctrination is? Well, this is how they describe culturally responsive uh, teaching. And I ask you if it sounds like CRT, critical race theory to you. It asks employees to examine their own personal biases and how they might affect student instruction and interactions with the community. Concepts such as white supremacy, and systemic racism are discussed during professional develop, uh, development. Uh, Loudoun County Public Schools has not adopted critical race theory as a framework for staff to adhere to. So they just described it as part of the training and then deny they're, they're using it. So when you start talking about systemic racism, white supremacy, and quote, having you come to terms with your own personal biases, uh, that's the repackaged Marxism and communism that everyone as shorthand uses to describe critical race theory. The recent Loudoun County documents aren't the only ones Judicial Watch has recently uncovered. Tom, I know back in June you uncovered records from Wellesley Public Schools in Massachusetts confirming the use of, quote, affinity spaces that divided students and staff based on race as a priority and objective of the school district's diversity, inclusion, and equity plan. Is that sort of mandated segregation in the school system? And what, what is that? 
Yeah, you know, you hear the left talk about segregation all the time with, without it actually being segregation, which is the government coming in and telling people to, you can't do something based on your race and segregating them accordingly, which is exactly what's being done with tax dollars in the school district in Wellesley, Massachusetts. In fact, they had one teacher dare to ask, well, you know, am I allowed to go there? I'm white. And they said, no, they're trying to keep it only for uh, students of color and others of color. So this is this is what's going on in Massachusetts. You know, CRT is, I mean, we talk about pandemics. The pandemic in our schools is CRT. That needs to be combated more than anything else we hear talked about in our school systems right now. It's throughout virtually every public school system in the country. It's either being pushed or if someone opposes it, they're being attacked for opposing it by forsaking a stand against it either statewide or school district-wide. Tom, your organization often has to go to court, go to do FOIA requests to get access to documents. When we're talking about things like the curriculum in schools, are you running up against efforts to try to bureaucratically slow roll, if not outright hide some of these training materials? I mean, how, how easy is it to get access to this stuff? Well, it's a little bit easier than, you know, we don't have to do a, we don't have to make a federal case out of it sometimes. But this is the sort of stuff that, so we have to file the request. And because we're judicial watch, they get nervous about not responding. So sometimes we don't even have to sue. But parents are in a much different situation and they know they can steamroll parents. Curricula and this other type of activity, whether it be teachers' trainings or something or something like that, that should be, um, you know, uh, the standard should be that material be made publicly available in the ordinary course. You shouldn't have to figure out ways to get information about your your child, what your child is being taught, by having to uh, demand and and figure out a legal process to get it, as opposed to it just being put out there for everyone to see on the internet. Tom, just uh, before we let you go. Are you planning on going after more curricula, so to speak, and finding out how widespread? Because one of the big arguments we hear from the left is there is no CRT in schools. Looks like we got to run up the scoreboard and show there's a lot of CRT in schools. Yeah, and it's and you know I we have another batch of documents coming out. I, I haven't reviewed them that closely, so I can't give you any great headlines from them. But they look awful. So it's it, it, you know it's they are not they have not stopped the left in pursuing this. And uh, they're escalating it. And it's, an, it, it's endemic in the schools. It's endemic in the government. It's endemic in our major corporations and uh, obviously in the military as well. So this is a, um, a fight that's school district by school district, 14,000 school districts or so, right? Our federal government, our major corporations. And, you know, we have to look at the state and local governments as well. So we're, we're, uh, we're going to town with civil rights lawsuits for those who have been targeted for opposing this and retaliated against losing jobs. These are, these are terrible times for parents concerned about uh, their children and, and teachers concerned that children are being abused for this uh, agenda. Tom, really appreciate your work as always. Please come back, talk to us more as you get more of these documents, all right? You're welcome. Thank you, Bob. Efforts are underway to justify the vaccination of children as young as five years old against COVID-19. Mandates, I don't think they're far behind, my friends. We've got more on this in the Buck Brief. Right now, let's take a moment to talk about one of our newest sponsors on Hold the Line, Fume. 
Fume is the number one natural way to quit smoking and vaping. It's all about creating positive habits. Here's how they make it simple for you. They've created a natural inhaler of fume that allows your body to receive the amazing benefits from some of the world's best super plants. It's a Canadian-made, handcrafted wooden inhaler with no electronics. It makes quitting smoking easier. There's no smoke, no vape, no nicotine, and no harmful chemicals. Fume naturally helps with that pesky hand-to-mouth habit and reducing those nicotine and menthol cravings. And their flavors actually taste great. You need to check them out. This company is incredible. Fume has other areas of support too beyond helping you quit smoking. Head to breathefume, spelled F-U-M, dot com slash buck and take their quiz to find out which super plants are best for you. It's quick, easy, it will point you to specific plants and to research behind them for their benefits. When you use code buck at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Breathe in the benefits of the world's super plants today. Don't wait, it's time to quit smoking or vaping. Again, breathefume, F-U-M, dot com slash buck. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Dr. Fauci continues to show support for the vaccination of children, stating that mandating the jab for kids for in-person learning is a good idea. As early as this month, the FDA could authorize a pediatric dose for immediate distribution, giving children between ages 5 and 11 eligibility for the jab. Dr. Fauci claims vaccinating younger children could offer another crucial line of defense against COVID, but is that true? Let's dive into all this and more in tonight's Buck Brief. Shots, shots, and more shots. That's the future, you know that, right? It's never gonna end unless we make it end because the people that have been calling the shots, so to speak, up to this point, are just going to want you to keep getting boosters and boosters and boosters some more. They're never going to let this go. And you see this with their desire now to vaccinate children. Why should they vaccinate children? Why should anyone get their kid who is of normal immunity in general, has a normally functioning immune system, why would they want them to get the shot? Children have a one in roughly a million chance of getting COVID and dying from it. That's right, roughly one in a million. How many children do you know watching this right now who have died of COVID? Do you know any? Have you ever heard of one? When was the last time you saw one written about in the media? Don't you think you'd know if it was happening on a regular basis? People say, what about the other vaccinations that children get? Measles, mumps, rubella? Well, measles kills one in a thousand children. Very different, isn't it? One in a million versus one in a thousand. So, They keep talking about how effective the vaccine is for kids, but what is the purpose? What is the justification for children 
getting the shot. It seems increasingly that it's meant to protect adults from kids giving it to them, but they don't really want to say that, but they say things like this. Here's Fauci. On October the 26th, the FDA will be looking at the data from the clinical trial in children 5 to 11 years old that was submitted by Pfizer, which was the uh, company that's involved. It's an mRNA vaccine. Um, the data that we know of look good. It's going to be up to the FDA in their usual fashion to make a regulatory decision. And then a few days later, likely the following week, the CDC, in tune with their advisory committee, will make a recommendation for the use of the vaccine in children 5 to 11. But plenty of children get seriously ill if you go to pediatric hospitals throughout the country. So although the incidence of severe disease is less, we still want to protect the children. And that's why we're all looking forward to the FDA's decision and the examination of the data. Why would he say that it's one in a million? Why would he tell you what the odds are? Protect children from what? They're not really at risk. They're fine. They can get COVID. Not a worry. Not a concern. They can get the cold, too. They can get the flu. There are other things that they have to deal with in life. But here's what they're really going for. There's data out of the UK, United Kingdom, that shows a majority of people who are dying of COVID right now in the United Kingdom are fully vaccinated individuals. Think about that for a moment. Most of the people dying are fully vaccinated. But we've been told that this is only a pandemic of the unvaccinated. How do they explain this? Oh, here's the little fascist Fauci blaming the rise in in deaths among vaccinated adults in the UK on the lack of vaccination of little kids who until a minute ago we thought not only were pretty safe from the virus, them very safe from the virus themselves, but unlikely to spread it. He's saying that's different. I spoke with my British colleagues just uh, several days ago trying to find out what that's all about. It's at least partially explained by the fact that they don't vaccinate their children, the younger children. And what they're seeing is spread among children, which for the most part, at least 50 percent is without symptoms. But children are then spreading it to members of the family. So they're seeing people getting infected. So right now they're reexamining what their policy is going to be about vaccinating children. Uh, it's, it's get the needles into the kids. That'll stop it. That'll stop adults who are vaccinated from dying. You understand that really their only plan here is to create a total eradication of COVID by vaccinating every man, woman, and child on the planet and keeping them within the actual parameters of how long the vaccine lasts. So they have to get it to COVID zero. That is never going to happen. You know what's really going to happen is eventually this thing starts to go down and go away because of all the natural immunity from all the people that have actually just been infected despite all the mask wearing and all the bull crap we've been put through. That's where we're heading. And they'll never admit that all the stuff they made you do was just insane. I mean, yeah, sure, the vaccines are helpful for people who are old and at risk for a period of time. Great. For everybody else, everything else that we've been forced to do has been a massive failure. Massive failure. Mask wearing social distancing, hand washing. And also, right now, we think the vaccines are pretty effective for about six months for most people, maybe more like four or five months. But what happens if we get a COVID variant that evades the vaccines entirely? What then? Oh, don't worry, Fauci's on it. One of the things you mentioned is quite true, that the more virus that's circulating in the community, 
the more likelihood you will get to get mutations that will lead to a new variant, which is the reason why we keep talking about why it's so important for as many people to get vaccinated as possible, because when you do have many, the overwhelming majority of people vaccinated, it gives the virus less of an opportunity to evolve to a new variant. Interesting. Dr. Fauci, apparently uh, not that familiar with some of the research on leaky vaccines and what they can do when it comes to variants. But, you know, what, what difference does it make at this point? Fauci is an admitted liar and people that want to believe him no matter what, despite all the incompetence and all the wrongness from him during this whole thing, they'll always believe him. They'll believe him until the very end. Former Daily Show host Jon Stewart coming to the defense of Dave Chappelle as trans activists continue to criticize the comedian for jokes he made during his recent Netflix special, Coming up, the first TV's Rob Smith stops by to give his perspective on the dust-up. I want to tell you one more time about my digital money. Crypto is heating up. You can have huge gains, huge wins if you get in at the right time. Bitcoin, Ethereum, so many digital tokens out there, but it's not easy to get started. That's where my digital money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with incredible customer service. They'll actually answer your phone call and help you get started, unlike a lot of the other crypto companies out there. Look, when it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. Again, this is a team of folks that will answer your phone calls and help you get started. MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Former Daily Show host John Stewart is coming to the defense of longtime friend and colleague Dave Chappelle. Stewart insisted to reporters that Chappelle was not trying to be divisive in his latest comedy special, The Closer. Take a look. He just agreed to sit down with Netflix. And, and Wise and, and all those things. Because he just agreed to sit down with Netflix and talk with their employees. Right so, you know, is, is that a good thing? Is really good? Mm. Oh, are they talking? Yeah, yeah, sure. Gonna, yeah, man, it's... Look, if this spurs a conversation where people get more on the same page in terms of understanding, sure. that'd be great. But I know his intention is never hurtful. Like, he's just not that kind of person. He's, and if it is, it, it's, it's certainly unintentional. He, he, he's really, really a good man. Protesters seem to disagree, citing the comedy special as transphobic. Hmm. Rob Smith, host of the podcast, a podcast Rob Smith is Problematic, joins me on the program now to discuss. Rob, always good to see you. Always good to see you, Buck. What's going on? What's really the play here? I mean, you know, we don't have to get into, of course, you know, the, the, tr the trans agenda, the trans community, they look for opportunities like this to uh, protest. What are they really hoping to gain out of this? I mean, do they think that Netflix is going to pull down a Dave Chappelle special? That would seem to be 
a bending of the knee with financial implications that would be too far even for some of the more woke corporations. So what do they want or do they want that? <clears throat> well, I think there are a couple of things going on. First of all, there is a uh, trans activist named Ashley Marie Peterson who is looking for you know more social media followers, more clout, more media attention by sort of backing this protest. And this is what this person is getting, obviously. But I, I think that the fundamental intention here is for them to silence any kind of speech. You have to understand that the far left LGBT, particularly um, the transgender movement of the far left, has been very successful over the past decade of completely controlling the conversation when it comes to transgender issues, when it comes to um, how people are supposed to think or, or act about transgender issues or any of this stuff. And what you've seen over the past four to five years is sort of this stuff really kind of break down with people saying, no, um, I should be allowed to, to have these conversations. I should be allowed to ask these questions. There's this really amazing book by a writer named Abigail Schreier um, that's called Irreversible Damage that is about the transgender craze among teen girls. Um, and it really goes into depth about the implications um, that it has you know, on, on their you know, mental well-being and, and physical well-being and all that other stuff. These are real conversations that are being had that were not able to be had even five years ago because the trans community and the far left and the LGBT, LGBT had such a control over what people said. So this is about them really trying to get that control over what is said back. Um, they are fundamentally losing it. You can't police comedy. You can't thought police comedy. You can't control comedy. And not only is the Dave Chappelle comedy special funny, um, but it's also giving a voice to a lot of different people that say, wait a minute. Um, I should be able to, to joke about this. I should be, should be able to speak freely about this because this is still a, a free country. And when you look at what's going on in, in terms of the protests right now, I shared a video on my Facebook page at Rob Smith Online, by the way, um, of this man that was basically um, accosted and surrounded um, by these quote unquote peaceful protesters at this rally. He had a sign that said, Dave is funny. They grabbed the sign, ripped the sign apart. And so he's left with this stick. And then they point at him and they say, oh, he's got a weapon. He's got a weapon. Um, so these people are completely insane. It, it, it was amazing, by the way. The, 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 Rob, the, the switch from attacking, basically assaulting this guy. I mean, it's actually an assault to pull something out of someone's hands that's their property and destroy it in front of them. I mean, that's, that's illegal. And then once you've destroyed it, it would be like if I walked up to somebody in the street, took a beer, a beer bottle out of their hand, poured it out, smashed the bottle, handed it back to them and said, look at him, he's got a weapon. That's basically what they did. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And the thing about it is, is that, and this is what I love about this social media era, is that it's all there. Um, it, it's all there out in the open for people to see, because you have to understand that some of these really far left, sort of like violent, crazy radicals, this is who they really are. Um, this is not about understanding. This is not about sitting down with Dave Chappelle um, and having a conversation with them. This is about bullying him into submission and controlling everything that he says, and by extension, um, the speech and words and thought of all the rest of us. Rob, uh, I want to switch gears here for a second with you. You know, Meghan McCain has broken her silence on why she left The View. She writes, it's a show, there's an expectation you won't survive. When you come in as a host, you're a rotating peg on a carousel. You'll be in and out. Doesn't breed an environment where you're close, it feels soiled, there was no collaboration. The View is a toxic work environment. You can watch the show and see that it's unhinged and disorganized and rowdy. For me personally, it felt extremely isolating <coughs> because of my political ideology. I was the only conservative on the show. I mean, just gonna say, Rob, like, 
Yeah, it's called being a conservative who's not on a conservative network. I mean, this is why I left CNN because I didn't want to be, you know, the zoo animal in the cage that they were throwing food at every day and treating like some kind of uh, an idiot. No matter how smart you are, if you have a host talking over you, you have a guest that's meant to just mock you and they can go to commercial whenever they want. You're just there to, to get punched in the face, essentially. I feel like this is not a, is this a surprise? I mean, the view is horrible. No, you know, it's not a surprise, but I have to say that The View misses something without Meghan McCain. Um, I don't feel like Meghan McCain is a particularly likable personality, but she's very, very good on television. And what people don't realize, if you look at me, one of the most successful moments that I've had in my career, there was a Vice video that I did. It was a Black Conservatives Debate Black Liberals, right? That's all over YouTube. I think it's got like 8, 10 million views or whatever. I dominated the conversation, but there was a conversation to be had because there were multiple points of view represented. And people were dying for that. The view would be boring without a conservative perspective. Um, if you look right now, the only time the view ever trends, they were trending because of Maven came this week. Um, they were trending because Condoleezza Rice was on there and ruffled a couple of feathers about um, critical race theory. The only time they ever trend is when there's somebody that is there to kind of like pop the, the, the liberal bubble. Um, that is going on there. And so that's what Megan McCain was so good at. And I do believe, honestly, um, that The View misses something without her there. We know that, you know, they'll get some boring pseudo conservatives like, you know, I think Abby Huntsman was on there. She got fired for being boring. Um, Ana Navarro was on there. Ana Navarro is not, maybe she's a conservative. She doesn't really say anything conservative. No. She's just she, there to she back does, She does then, the bidding of the Democrats and pretends to call herself a Republican for the amusement of the left. I mean, she's about as dishonest as, as it gets. But the whole thing to me, exactly. just, yeah, the whole thing just strikes me as, you know, this is why we can't have real conversations on TV anymore between left and right, because if you're not in an explicitly right of center environment, it just turns into a food fight and the left plays dirty. Um, by the way, Biden, I just wanted to just want to bring this to your attention. You know, Biden said first responders should be fired for refusing the vaccine. I wanted to give you we talked about this at the top of the show. What did you think when you saw how, I mean, he was, he was dismissive about it. He's like, yeah, of course, out, see you later. Doesn't even feel bad about it. Yeah, he doesn't feel bad about it. And also when you talk about that clip, the most um, interesting thing to me is the round of applause that followed him making that comment. And here's the thing about the left and, and this is what's going on. So the first responders to the left, to everybody, first of all, the first responders were our heroes during the darkest days of the pandemic. But to the left, you know, we love the first responders. Um, they are heroes. They're all of this stuff. But then as soon as they are not of use to the left anymore, and when I say they're not of use, I mean the certain amount of first responders that have opted out of taking the vaccine, they are immediately expendable. And they are immediately people to be fired and discarded of. And you have to understand that this is how the left operates when people are no longer of use to them. So I think that it is very fundamental to who the left is at this point. Um, to watch and take a look at how they treat these first responders that have opted out of taking the vaccine. I think the clip was gross. Um, I am really shocked that it's not getting any more blowback. But there is a certain a subset of people, you know, among the left that really do think that anybody that does not take this vaccine should be fired, um, should be denied medical attention, should not be able to go into bars, restaurants, and should not be able to just exist um, in normal day-to-day -day life. And that is where we are right now. I think it's quite sad because China, who unleashed this virus on the world, um, has now turned us against one another. So instead of us as Americans 
pointing our gaze at China, who did this to the world. We're fighting each other. I hate it. Rob, good to see you, my friend. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, bud. Congressman Jerry Nadler caught snoozing during Attorney General Merrick Garland's recent testimony on Capitol Hill. We've got video for you in quick hits. Let's talk about online privacy for a second. Big tech takes advantage of us, right? They mine our data, they remine it, they sell it. And guess what? We don't benefit from it whatsoever. If you think your text messages, your emails, uh, your, all of it is private, guess what? It's not. That's why you need Secure. Secure's email platform is 100% private. It's Swiss hosted. They use their own servers in Switzerland and have no ties to American big tech companies. With Secure, there's no data mining whatsoever. It's completely private. This is what makes Secure different from every other email and messaging provider out there. Secure is the best email platform in the world when it comes to security and privacy. It's unmatched. Look, there's a reason Secure built their company the way they did. We need to take a stand and take back our privacy from the big tech monopolies. With my discount code, BUCK, Secure will only cost you $7.50 a month for full access. That's nothing. Go to secure.com today and create your secure email address and account. Use promo code BUCK for 25% off for a whole year. That's S-E-K-U-R.com, S-E-K-U-R.com, promo code BUCK. We'll be right back with Quick Hits. CNN issues a snarky statement about Joe Rogan and the Orlando Magic's Jonathan Isaac comes to the defense of freedom. We got those stories in Quick Hits. Let's get right to it. Uh, First of all, Jerry Nadler. He is tiny and he often uh, wears his pants up to about chin level. Probably that's what he's best known for. But also, Representative Boebert here caught Tiny Nadler uh, sleeping during the Merrick Garland hearing on Capitol Hill. Here's how that went. Whether we're investigating, what the status of investigations are until, unless and until there's a public charge. That, that's important to protect. <laughs> Look, I can't blame the guy. He's got the mask on, boring. You know, on Capitol Hill, you know what I mean? I probably want to take a nap too, but Jerry Nadler, it's so funny, man, that guy. Oh boy, he's taking a little nap time. You should get one of those little, like, uh, you know, those little sleeping hats and the little, uh, you know, the buttoned, uh, what do you call it? Pajamas, the pajamas. You know, I don't know, if you know, old, old-timey pajamas. All right, uh, we've also got, oh no, we got Bobert. She already told us about that one. We've got CNN and Joe, okay, here's what happened to Joe Rogan, in case you forgot. Joe Rogan got COVID, just like I got COVID. And just like me, he also was told by a doctor that he was free to take ivermectin if he wanted to try it. Wasn't going to hurt him, might help. Why not Why not give it a shot? And CNN started running all these ridiculous stories about how it was horse dewormer and how what Rogan was doing was reckless. And the problem with that is that he was not taking horse dewormer. He was taking a prescription drug meant for an adult human. And it is appalling that CNN would try to lie about it just so they could mock somebody who was breaking from the doctrine of Fauciism for some reason. Um, And so Joe Rogan confronted Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, on Joe Rogan's show about how CNN would lie about horse dewormer. Gupta, to some degree of credit for him, said, yeah, they shouldn't have done that. CNN apparently doubling down on it, though. They're like, yeah, we're a bunch of uh, commie propagandists. Who cares? Here's what they wrote. The issue is that a powerful voice in the media who, by example and through his platform, so doubt in the proven and approved science of vaccines while promoting the use of an unproven treatment for COVID-19, a drug developed to ward off parasites in farm animals, 
The only thing CNN did wrong here was bruise the ego of a popular podcaster who pushed dangerous conspiracy theories and risked the lives of millions of people in doing so. CNN, go blank yourself. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. This is disgusting. All right, you were caught. You're propagandist. You have no ethics. You have no decency. You're just letting your hosts go off and smear somebody because they think it's fun to sneer at the other side, in this case, anybody that questions Fauciism. And no one's allowed to question Fauciism. It's not okay. And CNN, sure enough, now doubling down on being the evil network of left-wing lunatics that they are by saying the only thing we did was hurt Joe Rogan's ego. I think Joe Rogan, who's gotten paid, I think, $100 million by Spotify recently, I think, I think he's fine. The Orlando Magic's Jonathan Isaac on not getting vaccinated. Look, I actually spoke to Jonathan Isaac today on my radio show. Really eloquent, thoughtful guy uh, on this issue. And, and it was a compelling interview. But here he is saying similar things on, a, on another platform that for him, not getting the vaccine is much bigger than just about being about basketball. I feel like people have been, you know, so weaponized and to a degree misguided by the media um, to just, you know, be, be upset with everybody and beat anybody over the head that has any type of hesitancy about the vaccine. Looking out in the, in the landscape and looking at people and people are losing their jobs, I'm like, man, like, this is much bigger than just the vaccine. It's much bigger than basketball. We're talking about the, the freedoms and liberties that we're afforded in this country being challenged, um, you know, in a way that we haven't seen. And so, you know, for, for those reasons, I'm like, you know what, I'm willing to take a stand on this and say I'm not going to get vaccinated at this time and, you know, feel that I, I, I've done enough to look into it to be a voice to, you know, share my reasoning and, uh, you know, continue to be a voice for the voiceless. Uh, well said. And then the feel-good clip of the week, a Marine disarms a robber during a stick-up in Arizona. Check it out. Oh, yeah, here we go. Standing there, that's a United States Marine, my friends. Guy pulls a gun, goes to rob, and he goes, nope, not on my watch. See you later. Ends the armed robbery in seconds. Semper Fi, God bless our Marines. Absolutely fantastic work from this patriot. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly's up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. Shields high. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.